let's read here in Mark. All right, so we're in the book of Mark. I hope you're enjoying the book of Mark. I know I am. Uh, the book of Mark is uh, often called the journeyman's gospel. It's, it's, uh, it's quick. It's exciting. Jumps around. Uh, Mark's favorite word, uh, uh, narratively, is the word immediately. It's actually kind of annoying. And... Uh, because in English, it doesn't work. It doesn't, it, it, it's very it's, it's difficult. Whereas in Greek and in Hebrew, those, it's, it was more, it's more like a, a conjunction. It's just kind of describing a sequence of events. But, but uh, we are now, we are, we are, gut le- we are going right into Jesus' teaching. And honestly, Jesus' teaching is the most mysterious part of the Bible. I will not, I'm not exaggerating when I say that there are certain parables, and I mean parables are a way that Christ taught through story and illustration. There are certain parables that people still are not 100% sure what they mean. This is 2,000 years and a whole lot of people talking and thinking about it. That's how powerfully mysterious they are. What we're going to discover today is that he intentionally wants this to be powerful and mysterious. Now, we're going to read the first part, the first section. If you are not familiar with Mark 4, you are going to feel very, very lost. And that's intentional. I don't mind if you feel lost today. If you feel really lost and frustrated, almost every iPhone device has access to a number of Bibles, and you can go on and you can read the chapter while I'm talking if you want to understand this story, because I'm not reading Christ's explanation of it. So if you don't understand, you're like, what is the heck is this about? Then you can read it now, you can read it later. If you're getting bored by me, read it now. So we're looking at Mark ch- chapter 4, and only the first 13 verses. And we're going to look at the very end of this. Uh, it's honestly... This text, it's indented in the, in the narrative here. You see I indented it. It's a quote from Isaiah chapter 6, verse 9. This text is haunting. I mean disturbing. Because Christ is saying, I am intentionally keeping secrets. Because if I didn't, they'd all believe. All right. Let's read it. Again, he began to teach beside the sea. And a very large crowd gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched. And since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. 
And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, to you, has been, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom, of the kingdom of God. And for those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see, but not perceive. They may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables. Father, bless the reading, the teaching, and the hearing of the word. We pray it in Christ. Amen. I always found, I remember finding this haunting you know, as a kid. How many of you like riddles? Anybody riddle? Anybody enjoy riddles? They're fun. I, I like riddles. And they have a very ancient pedigree. Uh, I remember this, the Sphinx uh, uh, and the way to Thebes and a famous story of the Sphinx would stop people and ask them uh, the riddle. What walks on four legs, then walks on two legs, then walks on three legs. Anybody remember the answer? What, what man, right? Because he crawls when he's a kid, he walks on two legs when he's a man, and then when he's old, he has a stick. Right? So he answers it and uh, who was it who answered it? Gosh, uh, oh, uh, not Orpheus? I can't remember right now. Anyway. Uh, and he, anyway, he, one of the guys answers it, and uh, the, the Sphinx doesn't devour him. Doesn't need him. In fact, the Sphinx then, uh, by different stories, kills, him, kill, kills herself or uh, throws herself off a cliff. Uh, her purpose is finished. And more, more recently, somebody's revived some of the interest in, in riddles. Anybody remember who, what's the famous riddle? Written about in the 20th century literature. It's made into a big movie uh, called The Hobbit. It's the riddle between Gollum, the riddle war between Gollum and Bilbo. And it's a riddle in the dark. And between them both, they ask, they ask, they ask riddles of each other. And, but again, Tolkien uses the idea that the riddle is a battle. And it's life or death. Life or death? Why would riddles be connected with life or death issues? Why would, why would that be the connection? You know, I, I, I've thought about it. I think in some ways, riddles are supposed to be about learning wisdom. And if you don't learn wisdom, what's going to happen to you? You're as good as, you're as good as dead. <coughs> so the riddle, the riddle kind of concept has this rich kind of... Um, um, what I'm trying to think about it, this rich uh, allure, an allure to it, but also uh, a sense of uh, stakes. There's something at stake. And Christ seems to love the idea of a riddle. A secret. Can you figure it out? You notice he seems impatient with him, by the way, at the end? What does he see? You know, notice he seems almost a little bit frustrated. And how many of you would have gotten the point? I, 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 it seems like... He, there's, like, they should get it. You should get it. I, I'm not quite, quite, quite sure what, that, how, what, to, what to do with that. Uh, that there has to be some, uh, are you, you going to get it? To, I don't know. I don't know if you get it or not. So, um, thinking about this, the first thing I notice about the, 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 the riddle, the secret of Christ, is it's, it's comprehensive. So, by the way, he's, he, it's secret about who he is. He is. That's the first secret. What does he say to the, to the demons who call him out? 
I, don't, I know some of you don't believe in the, in the Bible and stuff like that. That's fine. But in the story, what, in the story what, what's the secret? He's not, he's not allowed to say he's the Christ. He's not allowed to say he's the Son of God. Now we're finding out what he says. <laughs> what he says is also a part of a secret. The mission, that part of the mission is secret too. It says right there. He's intentionally veiling truth from men and women. We're going to find out later that what he does is a secret too. Does anybody know what that is? He tells them when he's heading to the cross. They don't understand it. And he tells them they're not going to understand it. And he even as he tells them it's going to happen. Who he is, what he says, and what he does is all a riddle. Now, let's deal with the most disturbing fact first in the text. What do you think is the most disturbing thing about this text? You can interact with me if you want. But what do you think is the most disturbing thing about that quote? What's disturbing about it? What is the secret there? Yes, Nick, what? Right. So... The riddle of the secrets of God and his secrets of his love. One of the reasons it's a riddle is because it's judgment. Now that's kind of, uh, all right, right, this is so, this annoys some New Testament scholars so freaking much. <laughs> they have bent over backwards to try to say, uh, the punk, to try to change the punctuation, trying to change the meeting. Uh, one of the famous ones, Charles Dodd, Jeremiah. These are the greatest titans of, of, of uh, 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 New Testament scholarship in the 20th century. Couldn't stand this text because it's so scary. What do you do with that? There's a secret, and the secret means the secret is the way of God showing, I'm judging. I'm not just giving this to everybody. I am judging some people. And, and the fact they don't get it is a judgment. The fact that they don't understand it is my judgment in action. Um, I guess it, it, it sounds so grim. I, I, uh, I'm almost uh, afraid to go there. Well, I... What does this do? How does this make you feel? I, um, this is what it does to me. Uh, it, it, it makes me feel free. Now, it, there's, a, there's a tinge of sadness in this. I've had two sons. I've had people in my family I love dearly. And the, the fact, the idea of them understanding God's love, understanding who Jesus is, understanding his message means everything to me. But what I've experienced is you can sit there and describe it for years. And I just don't get it. It's like this. They'll nod. And they'll like, and, and it'll, sometimes they'll even talk, speak it back to me with the right words. You'll sit there and go, so what does this do for me first? It's like God's telling me, take a deep breath. It's not your call. And it's not your ability. 
And it's not you that makes people believe. Like if you don't, I think this is a secret here. One of the secrets of evangelism is learning how to exhale while you're while you're sharing the gospel. Does that make sense? You want to share the secrets of God? Learn how to exhale while you're doing it. Uh, take a lesson from me. I am quick on my feet. I am aggressive. I am very. I'm, I'm good at talking. Uh, my, I've been called silver tongue, but it wasn't a compliment. None of that works. The harder I try, what happens? The more I try, what happens? Nothing is not related. Right. The resistance effect increases. And so I think there's a, there's a wonderful way right, right here at the moment that this belongs to God. It's all about God. See, Jesus is talking all about what God does and who he is and his greatness and who he is. And, 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 and the fact is the core of everything we believe is a mysterious secret riddle. And no man, no woman can pry it open for anybody else. <laughs> it's, a, it's a box that can't be opened by anybody but Jesus. But the Spirit. But God's work. And if you've wondered why you feel so far outside of it, I, I want to encourage you that the fact that you're just here, is God, God's saying, here, I, I can open this box for you. I can open my secrets. Do you really want to know them? Do you really want to know? So the first picture I have is just learning to learning to relax. I don't have to make this happen. I want to give it to my God. Think about how much that could change the way you share the gospel. You know, so much of me describing the truth of God in the gospel is just me talking about my life, talking about the brokenness of me, talking about the things I failed to do and failed to be. Talking about the things I hope for. Talking about the things I praise for. Talking about the things I, I answer to. Just living life. If God's really my father, I talk about him. Right? Learning to exhale. And so I, this, first kind of, this first kind of idea, it's kind of dark. It's kind of dark. But then I think of the second idea here. The second idea though, is that Christ has invited us into something more than just judgment about riddles. And the riddle of the kingdom, it's, uh, how do I express, it's just, he wants, to, he's trying to get at, he's trying, he's trying to get past, it's a great technique for getting past people's uh, intellectual vigilance, right? It's getting past some of their, their cleverness about how they think about the world. And what, part of the truth that Christ is getting at is his kingdom his truth, his kingdom, I'll put truth up here. His truth and his kingdom of the gospel is um, just that we, I'll, put, I'll just say this. It's just that strange. It's just that strange. Okay. And, and if you, when you begin to kind of get, get into it, all right, so who, who does God love? Good people? No. He loves wicked people. What? 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 Who belongs in church? The ruined and the lost, not the holy. Because the holy don't need church. The holy don't need these stories. The holy don't need, don't need a God who comes. 
that's completely cuckoo. It's completely flipped, right? It's completely, uh, it, it doesn't, it's a riddle. It doesn't make any sense. You know how you'll finally gain everything you want in life when you give your life up? That doesn't, that doesn't work. That doesn't, you know, the way up in the kingdom is the way down. That's a riddle. And it's a riddle I'm still learning. <laughs> no, the way up is the way down. The, the, way, the way to be exalted is to be humbled. The way, and the way the kingdom, the sinners are the ones that are welcomed. Not, not, you know, again and again, you know, it's, it, how, how will Christ be the victorious Savior and the Son of God? He'll die on Rome and give it and be executed and bleed and suffer and die and cry alone. That's how That is weird. That's strange. That's extraordinary. That's different. And one of the things I think we need to move into is some of the riddle of the gospel all the time. In other words, and, and, we, we, and the more we move deeper into the riddle of God, the more we do in the riddle of his love, the more captivated I get. <laughs> the, more, the more I'm like, okay, this, this, this finally just makes sense. The world tells me, you know, the fat cats get everything. And the more blessed are the wealthy and the rich in spirit and those who are happy. And I'm going to find out, because if you look hard at that picture, you find out, if you look hard at those pictures, you find out there's nothing there. And the world even knows that. But it can't describe the riddle, right? But that's the right, the, the brokenness is where God visits with his power. The world you imagine is there is not, is not there. Um... The roadmaps you use are the wrong roadmaps. I, uh, I get a, we didn't have TV, so I was constantly trying to amuse myself. And uh, one of the things I did to amuse myself, I was, when I was preparing this, talking about this, I was imagining us being at the hub. And the reason that would work is I remember lying on the floor, I remember lying on the floor, and I'd look at the ceiling, and I would imagine what I would do if gravity went upside down, and how I'd try to make myself, how I would try to make my way through the house. You ever do that? Am I the only one? All right. So, <laughs> welcome to my weird, my weird version of the world. But I would imagine, and I would, I would go as far as to imagine, like how would I get upstairs, and how would I get downstairs, and and how would I make it from room to room? And there's all sorts of bad. It's just a completely different. If the hub was upside down, here's not as, because, well, you couldn't walk on that. That would just burst right through. But, but uh, if the room's upside down, everything changes. <laughs> the way you get from place to place and where you want to go, everything changes. And I would sit there, and for me, this occupied a significant amount of time for my child, childhood imagination. Um, that's, it's like Alice, remember, ever read Alice in Looking Glass? That's the kingdom. Everything's backwards. You know, people have expressed it. And I remember Paul Simon's song. song. Um, what is it? It's a slip sliding away. The closer your destination, the more your slip sliding away. That's the world's experience. And I find when I give up all things, I receive all things. Go figure that one out. And I find that the death of Christ, where he was weakest, is where he's the strongest to save me. When he looks like a miserable, pitiful wretch dying, that's the moment when he is 
conquering and breaking death as the Son of God. It's the riddle to end all riddles. When you feel worthless, when you feel like a loser, those are the people God loves. Walk in the riddle all the time. Up is down in the kingdom. And I'm very thankful for it. So, finally, though, finally, I don't think it's just about, it's always about judgment, and it has the purpose of trying to reveal just how strange Christ's kingdom is. But I think there's one more very important reason for the riddle. Have you ever met people, Christians, like this a lot of times? Deepak, I know what I'm talking about, especially down south. You got a problem, and you, they come, you come to them with a problem, let's say, and they've got literally got a Christian toolkit ready for you. You ever had this happen? You come, and they just kind of you come, and you you learn not to go again after this happens. But and sometimes you go just because you don't have anywhere else to go. But you go, and you've got a problem with your marriage. You have a problem with the kids. You have a problem with the job. You're depressed and everything. And the first thing they do is they just kind of open their little Christian toolkit and they start giving you answers. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Little little answer people. They want to, what did you do? <laughs> Can't take you anywhere, Will. Um, little Bible answer people. Have you ever, oh, look, let's, 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 let's come clean. Have you ever done this? I've done it. I've done it. We've become little Bible answer people. It's interesting. Christ never does that to anybody. In fact, they ask him questions, and what does he do? He turns it into a riddle almost every time. And in fact, you're like, don't you ever get a little frustrated with Jesus on this one? Like, why can't you just give a straight answer to a question? All right, I'll tell you what. Because answers are really not what you need. No, they're important. They're not what Ted needs. Ted actually needs what? Jesus himself. <laughs> David Stanton. No, let's use Deepak. It's going to be a little cross-cultural. <laughs> Deepak, you're Jesus. Really yeah, I know, I know. I wanted a brown Jesus, too. So, all right. All right, good. All right. And so, I come to you, yeah. right? And I'm saying, hey, Jesus... Um, I'm having problems with my brother. We're, we're, we want, can't seem to split the property. And you say to me, who, made me, who appointed me to, uh, to, to be judge over you? Go ahead. That's David. Yeah, all right, thank you. <laughs> now, but here's what's funny. Or, uh, what should I do to have eternal life? And he gives me an answer. This is what's weird about this. And this must have frustrated Jesus all the time. Where was the answer? Right there! All the time! <laughs> And people don't get it. You go, thank you. Thank you. But do you, do you, get, do you get the absurdity of this? It, it happens a few times in the Gospels, I think, where we don't, don't, we don't, you don't click just how odd, how they don't get it. They get it later. When you, when you read Peter, when you read Peter, after Peter goes through the riddle himself, after he becomes the betrayer who becomes the great preacher, and you know, he wore, the riddle worked out in his life, he is in love with being in Jesus, knowing Jesus, having Jesus. And this idea that Jesus could be present as the Son of God and real, spiritually alive, bringing new life into you and to me. And that, you see, now you get it? Christ doesn't want to train people to always be looking for answers because he is the answer himself. 
And the, oh, this is, you know, so when I, when I was a pastor in the South, this frustrated me to no end. Because I had people all the time who could repeat, this is the last nice thing about being in San Francisco, by the way. Because I always had people who could repeat back to me the, just the right words. Like a, in other words, they had learned through trial and error and through listening and realizing what people wanted. They knew exactly what to say. So I'm sitting there with John. He's a big barrel house football player for Georgia Tech. He's sitting there. And in fact, you ever have somebody give you the answer so cleanly that you just, and, but this lack of sincerity just drives you crazy? You ever had this happen? You're just kind of like, you're so full of it. And I'm sitting there, and I, and I, and I said to him, I guess, look, John, um, I'm fixing, I'm fixing to convert you. I would do that just to kind of get these guys a little riled up. And uh, I never, I forgot I even said it. He came to Christ two years later. At that point, he had been dealing all the major drugs in the fraternity. He was such a wild man. He was one. Of the, he was the wild man at the party who threw the TV. I picked it up and threw it. You know guys like this? Like the guy who just the minute he started drinking and lost it. I was sitting there. I remember I, was, I went hunting with him a couple of years later. And, uh, and uh, him sharing with me that the day I said that was the day he realized he wasn't a Christian. I'm like, I just knew it. And I knew you were being honest with me. You were actually telling me the truth. And everybody else always tried to manipulate me. And I knew that I wasn't a Christian. He prayed about coming out here to be a part of this. But I was always eager to get past that. Now I'm in San Francisco. Okay. This is another, now that we have a new joy. Don't try to answer people's questions. Try to tell people about Jesus. Just from the experience of Jesus. The idea that Jesus could be real. That if he is indeed the Son of God, if these claims work out as being real, and the riddle of who he is, and the riddle of what he says, and the riddle of what he does will begin to creep in. It'll begin to come to full light. It'll begin to, because let him do the business. Let him do the business. Are you frustrated with the behavior of some people? Let him do the business. Are you frustrated that some people like they may never change, they'll never come? Let him do the business. Because remember, we, be, we exhaled to begin with, with judgment. And we realized that everything's so strange and weird and wild and wonderful. That we live in this wild, wonderful world that Christ has come to rule. And now the mystery is him. He is the secret. And knowing him is the secret. We take in wine and we, 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 we imbibe it. And we eat crackers, and we because we're this idea is that I need to metaphysically, mystically, spiritually know, be embraced, invaded, controlled, and renewed by the presence of a God. That is Christianity's claims are so much weirder than anybody thinks they are. They're so much stranger. They're so much beyond any mere religious idea of trying to reach to God and be better to get to God. And that's Christianity kicks that to the curb completely. It creates a new idea in the world of a God who comes to love in himself. Oh, my goodness. So something wonderful happens. Um, so in the ancient world, riddles were always life and death. They were tests. Life and death tests. I think, I think it's still true. 
about the great riddle of how Jesus loves sinners, about Jesus dying, becomes victorious over death when he rises from the dead. That the Son of God becomes a humble, a humble man that nobody could recognize. Has divine riddle upon riddle upon riddle. And the solution is still life or death for you today. I'm parlaying here, guys, in life and death. Life and death. Life or death. Do you get the riddle yet? Have you walked into the riddle of Christ in you? The mystery of his love. Let's pray. Father, this is quite profound. It's a profound riddle. Who can search it out? Who can understand it? And you came in your, the choice of the divine son of God, the choice of eating companions, and was the drunkards and the prostitutes and the broken. Oh, Lord, I, I, I guess I didn't even touch this. I pray you'd make us a riddle. Make us into riddles for this world. People that cannot be easily put in a box or understood. Or, or and make it, you know, because our, our motivations are so different. Our world is so different. We understand the way things really are. We understand you. We know you. We have you. Lord, whatever I fail to, to tell my brothers and sisters... Whatever I failed to impart to them, I pray you would impart it by your love and your power. And uh, you would open every eye, all the eyes here, I was going to pray, carte blanche, all of our eyes would be open to the riddle. Our ears would be unstopped. And uh, we'd be able to, to, uh, he, he, we'd be able to, to know what you mean when you say, he has ears, let him hear. Uh, we come to the table now with joy. In Christ's name, amen. So it makes, it makes sense, doesn't it, now, that this is like a secret thing? Secret, wild, wonderful, strange. It's a thing of judgment, too, a table of judgment. Oh, well, we can keep exploring all how this stuff connects together. But, but on the night he was betrayed, the last ritual that Christ initiated, on the night he was betrayed, Jesus took, uh, took some bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you, take and eat. In the same way, he also took some, uh, some wine. He said, this is my blood shed for the forgiveness of sins. Take and drink. And do this and remember me. He did this right before he died on the cross. He was telling those men. They didn't, and by the way, if you don't get it today, it's okay. The men who first celebrated this table did not understand a thing he was talking about. <laughs> they had no idea what he meant. None at all. They were completely in the dark. But... He was acting out at that table what he was going to do on the cross the next night. And he started a meal that we've been celebrating for 2,000 years uh, about the mystery of knowing Christ, of having Christ in us, the way that wine and bread goes in us. So, here's the invitation, guys. If you're a part of the riddle, if it's a riddle that God ever loved you, <laughs> then you know what I mean. If it, riddle, if it puzzles you till your puzzler is sore, <laughs> You, you know what I mean. This is a table for sinners. Let me, let me, let me bar the way. I, I want to put up a gate and a fence. I want to put up a, uh, I want to lock a door. I want to lock this chest.
and it'll lock you out in one way. If you think you're a good person, you're not worthy of the table. That's a riddle, isn't it? Good people are not worthy to take communion. What? Yes. If you don't share our belief system, uh, then uh, I ask you to respect it and, and uh, don't partake in it as well. And, uh, but I'm hoping that you'll be envious and curious enough about the riddle that you'll be, you'll be partaking with us soon. So, um, let's go to the table. All right, we're gonna, this is uh, uh, Organized Chaos next for the next few minutes. I'm going to uh, uh, ask you what do Christians believe in uh, the Apostles' Creed. We're going to read it together. Those are the, those are the answer man. Those are the answer man uh, lines. You are, you are to believe those things, but they don't save you. What saves you is knowing Christ. And so um, let's, uh, let's read that together. And then we'll, uh, as we're reading, will you come forward? Right here we have wine in the central, central diamond created by Simon. Simon, did you create this? McLaren? And then we have grape juice to the, to the right here. And a line is some grape juice. So... Uh, let's stand. Christian, oh, take the bread and the wine and take it back to your seat. And we'll eat it together and be done. Tell me, what do you believe? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there, he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Take and eat. Take and drink. <laughs>